Hey, welcome to the Brazos Point living room. This week we have, for the first time ever, ever. long awaited Mr. Greg Pickering joining the three amigos. Can you add like some applause noise right after that? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no, the fact is, this office is empty. And about three minutes ago, they said, hey, can you help us out with a podcast? <laughs> That's not true. Hours, three hours. Three hours ago, okay. <laughs> oh, but we're glad to have you, Greg. Greg is one of our only guests who listens. That's to the true. Uh, that is true. That's crazy. Yeah, Greg. Greg will come and tell us what he thinks, which is great. Most people we say, "Hey, do you listen?" Nope. <laughs> So we're glad to have you. Well, I'm a small group leader. It helps. And a small group leader. Shout out to all the small group leaders. All right. Well, this week we're continuing our message series, Walking Through the Gospel of John. And we are in John chapter 15. But first question jumping in is, what is something you know you couldn't do without someone else's help? Obviously a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. I couldn't do this with, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true for me too, because it'd be boring if it was just me. <laughs> Mine is uh, just about everything. I mean, <laughs> I can't think of that many things I don't need someone's help for. What else mm. you got, Greg? My first thought was plumbing. Mm. I um, I can fix a lot of things around the house, but I'm I'm danger to anything, any plumbing repair job. I'll just break it worse and have to spend a lot more money than if I'd call the plumber first. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I think of stuff around the house, car stuff, and... Um, you know, when I first moved here and was a single woman, I just felt so taken care of. I had several people that I would call for different things. You know, Tony was one of them who would come replace the garbage disposal or Steve would take a look at a car or you would come, you came and did all kinds of stuff, I'm sure. So <laughs> pick out your trash. <laughs> you're, you're the general handy. So yeah. I'll probably change out a light fixture or something. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you and Kathy came over when I first moved into my house. Uh, mine is, I got a couple, I think. One is car work. Like, Steve Erskine, if you're listening, you mm -hmm. are my hero. Steve always comes by, and it gets to the point where I'm like, I, I, I want him to look at it, to tell me what the problem is, or help me, and then be like, okay, Steve, go away. Like, I, like I don't want to be... you want to try to do it Oh, yourself. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get pretty far... Uh, but I, I judge how I'm doing based on how many, like a, a specific project when something gives out, like how many times I call Steve. <laughs> uh, I was like, I don't want to be a burden on you, but I want your help because I want you to help me in the future again. And uh, sometimes he's just like, I I'll just come on over and look at it with you. <laughs> I feel like a failure. Uh, he's that helped me with plumbing before. <laughs> he, he can do it all. He really can. Thanks you, Steve. We, we are very appreciative. Uh, the other one's my taxes. Mm. I just pay mm -hmm. somebody. I don't want to touch it. Jeff loves it. I I'm wouldn't sure. even know where to start. I have never done my own taxes. <laughs> I went from my dad doing my taxes to Jeff doing my taxes. <laughs> He's already done. Were you paying taxes before you married Jeff? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we'll ask Jeff. <laughs> Oh, funny. Well, the reason we're talking about the, the who we need um, to help us with things is because Jesus is going to talk a lot about our dependence on him and what it looks like for us to be connected. So jumping right into John 15, I am the true vine. My father is a gardener. 
And he goes on to talk about, remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So Jesus is using uh, imagery. He's using uh, the imagery of a branch and a vineyard and the vine to describe our relationship with him. So first question, what does this imagery tell you about our relationship with Jesus? I think it's for starters, it's meant that we are to stay connected 24-7. It's not, he's not like a, an app we go to when we need something. Mm. We're supposed to always be tuning into him, praying about big things, little things, mm-hmm. just staying, staying tuned, staying connected to him. Yeah. Yeah, connection's the first thing that comes to my mind. And also life. Like if the branch is cut off, like it is no longer a living part of that vine. Mm-hmm. And so... Connection is absolutely necessary for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think to me it, it's just a. I love the I love the fact that Jesus uh, told stories. I love that he he communicated really deep theological truths by either telling stories or parables, or just looking at nature. Yeah, said so look at the birds, look at the the flowers, or look at the vine, uh, and just to for us to better understand what it is it looks mm-hmm. like for us to to be connected to God. And it's, I think it's a beautiful illustration, and it's pretty clear, like you said. If you have ever seen a vine in a vineyard, uh, that vine is where everything's coming from. Yeah. And uh, I, I had to go look again, because I, I don't frequent vineyards often. <laughs> uh, but I just like this beautiful huge vine and these tiny little branches uh, that are cut like offshoots of it that all this fruit is really connected to but it was just like Mm a yeah that's it yeah (laughs) well uh one of the things jesus says is he calls himself the true vine uh, which is really letting us know that there are other vines there are false vines so uh, my question is what are some false vines that you have attached yourself to at one time or another. Jesus is saying, be connected to me. And yet there must be times in our lives previously where we've connected ourselves to something else. So when I think about what a false vine is, I think about something that I've become too attached to, maybe something we talked a couple weeks ago about idols, things that we let become more important than God to us. And so I was thinking about what some of those things are that I've attached myself to at times. It really boils down to one thing, whether it's friends or coworkers or family or work itself or social media or whatever that is, the vine is kind of other people's opinion of me. Like that's what I find myself pursuing and and seeking and what those opinions are can determine what kind of day I have. And Mm -hmm. I become attached to that if I'm not careful. Mm. I think when we, when we're thinking of being attached, um, I know politics and like a long time ago, I, I discovered I was just listening to too much talk radio because it was, uh, it was forming my opinions about certain things, and I mm. began to realize some of those opinions I was forming were not biblical, mm. and I had to back off from that. But I think of other things. I'm I'm pretty attached to Major League Baseball Network <laughs> and whatever station the Astros are playing on, and so that can be too much of an attachment. Um, that's my that's my happy place. Yeah, I, I think mine's similar to you, Michelle. Uh, you know the other people's opinions, but I think my purpose too. Like I think mm. early in my life, I felt like, okay, well, my life needs to look like this. It needs my, my goals, the things I'm working towards. Um, I got all of that from other people, uh, from even things that I was just, I saw other people going, striving for, working for and thought, oh, that's what life is. That's mm. what it's meant to be. And, 
yeah, uh, it was absolutely a false, <laughs> false yeah. vine. Um, and, and we'll get into it at some point, but there's just not life found mm-hmm. in those all those other vines. And sometimes it takes what kind of seems like a drastic step in order to cut yourself loose from those false vines. Like, Greg, did you mention that you actually stopped listening to some of that talk radio? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I got off of social media completely, and this is why. Like, it was mm. starting to, I was becoming too attached to things. Mm. You know, something else I thought of that, um, it's kind of subtle, but financial security can be mm. a false vine. And we don't know how strongly we're attached to that until maybe we lose a job or uh, the stock market tanks. And I think that we sometimes put a lot more faith in that, even yeah. though we may not be watching it every day. But if it starts to slip away, we can become very nervous. That's mm-hmm. true. That's a good way to think about it. What things are there that maybe you don't even realize you're attached to, but if they went away, that would be, you know, that might start to unravel your identity a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus does go on in verse five to say this. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And then my favorite part, apart from me, you can do nothing. So what is your first response when you hear this from Jesus? And in what ways are we dependent on him? My first response is that it's comforting, like I'm remaining in Jesus and he's remaining in me and, you know, he's the one that I that is my source and what I depend on and he's empowering me to be more like him. But then almost immediately, it's kind of a reality check. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just like warm and fuzzies, it's uh, life and death, like mm-hmm. necessary. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about... When we're not remaining in Him, or we're not abiding in Him, we can waste a lot of energy mm. on stuff that just doesn't matter. Uh, and more specifically, I'm thinking when I don't pray about what I do, mm. especially when it relates to leading the church, when I don't pray about what I do, I can waste a lot of energy doing a lot of work that really doesn't doesn't make a difference because that's not what God wanted me to do. In fact, there have been times when I've been working on a, a message for Sunday and I'll be hours into it and go, hmm, that would have been a nice thing if I'd have prayed about this when I started. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, I've done that. And so something I started doing a while back, not a long while back, more recently, is I start, the first thing I do is I write out a prayer mm. for what, you know, not necessarily, God, I want to talk about this, but God, help me to to see what you want me to see to pass on to the church. And that's really helped me. Uh, in especially some of these John passages where it's like, okay, there's a lot here. What do I want to concentrate on? What what do, what needs yeah. to be talked about? And mm. so if I don't do that, I can burn up a lot of time. And I mean, there, there have been times when I've had a couple of pages of a message written and I'll just scratch it and start over. Mm. And uh, it goes better when I pray about it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. And praying for him to guide me, but then I also have to pray for him to help me be sensitive to his guiding me and to listen to his mm. guiding me. Back to the <laughs> the 24-7 need. Yep. I think my first response maybe is a little different, and I think I'm, my whole goal is to highlight this in Sunday's message, but like we celebrate independence as just people, mm-hmm. like culture. I think about my little kids, when they take steps of independence, we celebrate it. You talked about financial independence, security, like retirement. These are things it's like you can finally do whatever you wanted to do. You've made it. Uh, And that's just the culture we grow up in. And yet to hear Jesus say, you can do nothing apart from me. 
is very different. And I think that's something that you wouldn't want your kids' little league coach to say, quote, Jesus, right? Like, if, if they said that to your kid, you'd be like, that's not a, like, you'd, like, what do you mean they can't do anything? Like, it just flies in, in uh, it, it really, there's tension there, I think, with mm-hmm. the, our independence yeah. within us. And so I think one of the things, too. though, it's like, it, it hits, it strikes me, you think, really? I can't do anything? Like, mm-hmm. But then I also think there really is such life in that verse. Yeah. Like, if I really look at my life and I think about all the things I'm striving to do, all the ways I'm trying to grow in areas and fail and, and things that I, I, I do that I don't want to do and I don't do that I do, uh, I, I think this is a reminder to me that's like, I can't do it. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a life in surrender to say, I can't, Jesus, you, you yeah. take it from me. Yeah. I think... Some people may be thinking when they read that verse, when they hear us talking about this, they may think, well, I've accomplished a lot of things. Mm. Thank you. I've done this on my own, and I didn't need any help, and I didn't need to pray about it. But I I was reading uh, reading a book about uh, Christian missionaries through the ages, and I can't remember who said this, but one person said the worst thing in life would be to become very successful at something that didn't matter. Mm. So yeah, we might be able to do a lot of stuff, but... Does it really matter in the bigger picture of things? And especially, does it matter to what God wants us to be about? And that eternal mindset and also just just being like Him. Last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit resides in us as Christ followers, and that Spirit is empowering us to be more like Jesus. And I can't be like Him without Him. Mm -hmm. Mm. Well... Uh, you know, these are some of Jesus's final moments, and he's making sure his disciples understand and remember some things before they're separated, before he's betrayed and, and marched to his death. Um, but I love that he's <clears throat> teaching so much here about the vine and the branches, and he's remain in me and all of these things. And then in verse 11, he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And I just want to have a conversation about like, Jesus is promising joy. So joy that comes from him, from from God's spirit. So how is that promise of joy different from the happiness that we often talk about in our world? And what does it mean for it to be complete? Well, I was thinking about when I've been happiest, Mm. like game six of the (laughs) Astros World Series. That was a very, very happy moment. Uh I imagine I dream about like a national championship for Texas A&M and something besides rodeo uh, or equestrian events. <laughs> and I think about how happy I would be at that. But that's not a happiness that lasts because then you have the next season and then they go back to being normal. Should something like that ever happen? But what I thought about with joy is joy, it's not dependent on circumstances for mm-hmm. one thing. And joy is, is it may not be as outward appearing. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not, it, it can be more peaceful, more chill, but it just also feels more solid. Yes. And and that's where you can have joy uh, in like the big picture of life, even when circumstances are mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. not good. Yeah. yeah. It's not just what's happening around me. It's um where where is my identity? Where is my security and and that anchor, that hope that we have. Like I said last week, like this is something that I think about a lot lately, especially with focusing on counseling and all that. And I think where my mind goes is to Psalm 37, 4, that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And to delight yourself in somebody 
means that you get great pleasure and joy from just being with that person. That's what it means to delight in somebody. And, you know, in order to be able to delight in him, we need to know him better. And the better we know him, the greater understanding we have of his love for us. And the better we know him and understand his love for us, the more we trust him. And then that trust leads us to do what Psalm 37, 5 says, which is commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. And so, like you were saying earlier, Joseph, like it's a surrender thing. Mm -hmm. Like I delight myself in him. And if I'm truly delighting myself in him, then the desires of my heart will align with the desires of his heart. And I can trust that no matter what it feels like at the time, no matter what's happening on the outside or around me or what I'm going through, I can trust him to love me more than I can imagine and ultimately be working it for my good, even if I don't yet understand what that good is going to look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the things here is Jesus talks a lot about, if you are connected to me, you will bear fruit and bear fruit and bear fruit. And I think it leads to one of the questions, okay, so what does that look like? What does fruit actually entail in the life of somebody connected to Jesus? And so I wanted us to go to Galatians chapter 5, <clears throat> verses 22 and 23, and it's literally just uh, a, a list of the fruit. And here's what it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or kindness, <clears throat> patience, excuse me, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So I just want us to think about this list described of fruit that comes out in the life of someone connected to Jesus. And then I want us to just think about who comes to mind as an example of uh, one of these gifts lived out. Like who comes to mind? And that person is the great example of one of these. And what is it about their life that makes it so clear? I was thinking and just... I thought yeah, I haven't thought about that. Who who demonstrates that? And the first person that popped in my mind is Cindy Trout, our children's mm. minister. I just thought I thought Cindy demonstrates that she is that um, there. There is a I see the joy in her mm -hmm. uh, that steadiness that that sometimes chill, sometimes not so chill, but that <laughs> love, joy, peace, yeah. patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. I've seen her deal with some hard situations in a general, general way, yep. self-control. Um, she really demonstrates that. And mm -hmm. I think the people that get to work with her probably see that all the time and mm -hmm. hope they realize um, you know, what an all-star she is to work with. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, if I could work through that list and probably people would come to mind for every one of them. Um, for, for faithfulness, what comes to mind for me is um, my old supervisor from when I was in Molly. And I've talked about her before and how, you know, there were a lot of really hard things over there and hard situations and, and just being exposed to really hard things that weren't even necessarily happening to us, but happening to people we love. And um, her reflex would be come quickly, Lord Jesus. Like her reflex was immediately to go to Jesus. And I just saw so much faithfulness in her, no matter what, she took it to God, no matter what, she trusted God. And 
you know, that didn't always come out like rainbows and butterflies, like we said earlier, but there was a steady faithfulness there that um, just really impacted me personally, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I think for me, uh, on the forbearance or the patience, I think of one of our college students, which, you know, they are normally not patient <laughs> in that season of life. But there's one in particular, and I'll leave her anonymous, but man, she's just walking through stuff and she has like patience that surpasses human ability. Hmm. And it's clear that's a fruit of the spirit. Uh. Like that is coming from somewhere else. And uh, it's just super clear to me. Like I could not do that. And I don't think you could either. Right. <laughs> so this is the Holy Spirit apart working in you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you apart from me, we cannot do it. <laughs> right. Uh, which is uh, such a cool thing to see and be reminded of right in front of you. So my, my next question is, which of these gifts do you, would you like to grow into more? Literally all of them. <laughs> you got to pick one. You got to pick one. I think for me, like right now, I'm in a little bit of a season of just feeling stretched very thin. And I don't consider myself a person that runs that anxious most of the time. But I've my anxiety has been running pretty high lately. And so for me, the one that comes to mind is peace because if I have peace and I am just really rooting everything in the Lord to find my peace, then actually all of those other things kind of follow. Like I can be kinder and gentler and more faithful and more patient when I'm finding my peace in Jesus. Mm. What about you, Greg? Uh, didn't didn't take me long. Gentleness. Mm. I don't think I would be accused of being a real gentle person. I, I have strong opinions, and when I become convinced of stuff, I can be, I can have my mind changed about it. But as long as I'm convinced, I just kind of like, what? Well, let's do this. This is this is what we ought to do, and that can come across as as being pushy. And uh, you know, I, I realize that usually after the fact, like I could have said that in a little bit kinder, gentler way. <laughs> and so maybe kindness and good and. You know, gentleness. I I hear you because I know sometimes I don't even realize the. T- <laughs> I, I know I'm in meetings with you sometimes, and I couldn't hear you. Yeah, you're, See, you're, you're can't, rough. Can't be gentle. Yeah. <laughs> like I tone means so much, and sometimes I'm, you know, I just want to get down to business and you know just answer a question or just ask the question that I have, and it comes out rougher than I intend for it to. Hmm. Yeah, often Kathy has said to me, my wife, she says, it's not what you say so much, it's how you say it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think mine is probably faithfulness, and uh, maybe this is the wrong one, maybe the right one, but I just think like I, I would love to have more dependence. Like I think in the big things of my life, I'm like always reminding myself, of course, I need Jesus for this. But even like you said a second ago, Greg, like, man, starting my message prep by saying, God, I need you. I need you in this. I need you in that. And and not only just stopping to acknowledge it and saying, God, apart from you, I can do nothing. So, man, breed humility in me and let your spirit work through me. Uh, well, the last thing is, you know, throughout John 15, Jesus uses the word remain 11 times. In other translations, it's the word abide. Uh, but this is what he's saying. Here is how you will bear fruit is if you remain in me, if you abide in me and be connected to me. Uh, and so my question for us is, what does it really mean for us to remain? What is Jesus really calling us to do? 
if we are to be connected to him in this way? Well, for me, it's pray often. Just pray often. Pray about everything. Pray about before I make that phone call. Uh, before I answer the phone when I know I'm about to, before I write something down, before I send a note or a letter or a text. Um, I think it also means, uh, to remain in Jesus means to stay when it's hard. Mm. Uh, there, there are times it's just hard to be a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. Um, man, nobody wants to hear what you have to say, maybe in a certain context, or you, or maybe you're talking to someone in our context, but they're not, you know, they're, they're not understanding a hard truth. And, some of the times that's because they don't have the Holy Spirit to help them understand that truth. But just to stay, to stay there when it's hard, uh, not not back off of what you're trying to help someone with or back off a conviction that you have. And then also, I think it means just to continue trusting Jesus when when the way forward is is unclear. That's I think that's a lot of our experiences. Like, you know, we want to know, okay, what, what am I supposed to do throughout this year? What, what's the next step of this or that or whatever? And sometimes it's it's just not clear at all, and to trust that, okay, God will make what he needs to be what needs to be made clear when it needs to be made clear, and just to trust him until it becomes apparent what what the next step should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, real similar. You started with pray, and that's that's mine. Just kind of that constant mindset of. Lord, please guide me, help me to be sensitive to your voice, and then help me to obey you. (laughs) And like, I always have to pray that I need his help to obey him. Um, The other word that I just can't get out of my mind is source. Like, is he my source? Is he my source for my identity? Is he my source for security and safety? Is he um, the source as in the reason that I want to do a good job as opposed to my source being other people's opinions of me? Like, is he the source of everything I do? Does that shape the way I think about things, the way I respond and react to things? Um, is to just constantly be acknowledging that he is my source for mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. I think both of those <clears throat> make me think about uh, just something I thought through this week, preparing for this message. And Craig Rochelle kind of walks through this exercise that I want to use on Sunday, but he kind of talks about our week. And he says, man, if, if Jesus is commanding us, hey, apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide in me, uh, remain in me, stay connected to me. And he says, well, here's your week. Uh, and it's 168 hours, and a third of those you're probably asleep, a third of those you're at school and work. And he says, with this last third, think about everything that's fighting for your time. You're, you know, just living your life and all the chaos and all the chores and all the errands and social media and your kids' teams and all these things. And he says, honestly, for the vast majority of us, he says, this is what we're left with. And he says, one hour. Uh, that we give to God. <laughs> and he just says, when you work backwards, <clears throat> like we recognize we, we're giving God what's left. And uh, if even that, and I just think it's a good uh, perspective to say like, okay, so how do I prioritize? What does my schedule calendar, my budget say about what's most important to me? And kind of start there. And so he honestly, I think that's a good reminder of what does it mean to remain in Jesus? Like that dependence, my life revolves around him. And then into the next question, what can you start doing? What can you start this week to start prioritizing connection with Jesus? He talks about predetermine a time and a place, like get super practical. I'm going to do it here 
and in this way at this time, and I'm going to walk through this study or this devotional, I'm going to walk through this book and connect. I just think it's really wise. And I think for me, it's, it's a reminder too. And I, it, it, I, I try to fill in the gaps where I can, but I know that there are big rocks in my schedule that I start with. Yeah. And it's not always this. That's good because like you said, we, we tend to give God what's left and going back to what the Lord's t- speaking to me, if I really am seeing him as my source, then I wouldn't even try to do all of those things without having gone to him first. So not only does going to him need to be my reflex for when things come my way, but I just need to start there. Kind of like you said, like predetermine, predecide that that is where I'm going to start before I even try to do anything. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you were talking about the the work week and dividing it up and thinking about that because when I was considering this question, what can we do? What can I do uh, this week to start prioritizing connection with Jesus? Is uh, you know a work week when you're on a church staff is Sunday through Thursday. That's our five days of work week, and our weekend is Friday, Saturday. And I'm fairly disciplined with each day, um, Sunday through Thursday. I have some mm-hmm. certain habits that I do. I do it at this time every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that includes spiritual disciplines as well as everything else. But I've kind of become unsprung on the weekends. I just, <laughs> if, I, if, if I don't have anything to do, you know, I don't set an alarm on Saturday morning. Uh, and I'm not very disciplined at anything on the weekends. And I, I know there's, you know, Saturday is more the day of rest, but but the intentionality about abiding in Jesus is, is uh, you know, what I thought was I just need to have more consistent, develop a more consistent time for prayer on the weekend. Even mm-hmm. on the weekend. Even on the weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. with you. I like that. Uh, just having started um, our, our new deal rooted with uh, people in our church, I love that it, it, it t- hits this head on and says, we want to help you build this into your life. So every week there's five days of devotionals that by the end of this, if you go through it and you do like it says, it's like you current, now you have this habit. Yeah. It's like you just got to start. And so I think one of the biggest things that is a good reminder for me is you do not ever, ever, ever accidentally uh, connect and get closer with God. Like it has to be a priority. Like you can connect with him, but you will not grow in the way you want to. You've got to prioritize it, and many times because of our schedules, make a plan. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, uh, I'm excited for Sunday. I'm excited for our small groups as well. And Greg, thanks for being on the podcast. I enjoyed my probably once in a lifetime That's opportunity to be here. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I'll just go back to being a friend of the pod after this. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, we'll we'll leave Randy off a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I might lose my voice again. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to hit the whole office at some point. It'll be fun. Cool. Well, thanks so much for listening. We love you guys, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>